0: Super Clash. It is the Super Clash podcast. We are back. Uh, I am your host, Kale. Yay, I'm Connor. And, Connor, how the fuck are you doing?
1: I'm tired. I just want to sleep.
0: It's currently uh, 7 o'clock. And you, you'd be going to bed right now? Yeah, I'd be good. I go to bed and go,
1: I go to bed and I'm really sleepy. Hmm. I don't know what I said there. Well, and uh, for
0: those who forgot, we did take a uh, week break. Uh, mostly because I wanted to get adjusted to my new shift, uh, the day shift, and it feels really good to be just back on the day shift. It's good to see the sun. It's good to be able to come home in the evenings and be able to play games with you, games that we'll talk about today. And also, uh, for those who are listening, Connor, the table that we're recording on is covered in a whole lot of knickknacks and, uh, Funko Pops. Yeah. Like literally covered. I see very little table, and it's I could lose my Red Bull in here.
1: Actually, on my side, it's kind of roomy. I, I actually made room for myself over here. Oh yeah. So <laughs> let's see. What do
0: we got here? We got uh, we got Rick from Rick and Morty. We got the Incredible Hulk. We got Batman holding a uh, off a, a cliff with a almost like a speech bubble. You can write whatever you want. It says, "I'm Batman." Oh, it's the Adam West Batman version. Okay. Um, let's see. We got a Skyrim helmet, the uh, classic Dovahkiin helmet. We got uh, what looks like a Ma- Master Chief from Halo One, and then a red and blue Spartan from Halo One. Um, there is a Jurassic Park Christmas ornament. Uh, what's this? An Ezio Funko Pop?
1: Nah, he's the dude from the Assassin's Creed movie. He's not as cool. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, I I, I see the uh, whatever whatever the scar or whatever now. Um, did I mention the Hulk already? I think I did. Ooh, what's this? Oh, it's the uh a- the Grid Alien from Alien vs Predator. Uh, you know, for for those who don't remember, the Grid Alien was the uh, the scene in Alien vs Predator to where the alien the xenomorph got. Caught in the net and the net by the predators, and you know that net that starts spinning and tightens it like that net gets tighter and tighter. Well, because the Xenomorphs acid blood it ate through the net and it had this permanent like grid scar on its head. From what I've heard a while back, they call that the grid alien. Oh, huh. and so yeah, oh, and was this a tie bomber from Star Wars? It's just. Everything. Everything, yeah. Oh, and a cute little face hugger. I see, that's why Connor and I are friends. He's an alien fan, just like I am.
1: Oh, yeah. I got a Japanese alien movie sign right here for. Uh, and is this the second Shin movie? Godzilla? No, that's just
0: the original Godzilla. Oh, the OG? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see now. Mm hmm. So. <clears throat> but, yeah, so during our week break, um, set shifting over, uh, I'm going to get these face huggers out of my way here because they creep me out still. Um, Connor and I played some games, especially now that I had a chance to, uh, play. Um, so what were those games that you played, Connor?
1: Uh, I mostly played It Takes Two, which is an awesome game, and I also played Outriders with you. Yep. And then, uh, we played some Minecraft.
0: Uh, Jurassic Park Minecraft, uh, specifically. Jurassic World Minecraft.
1: Jurassic World, that's right.
0: Yeah. It's the Jurassic Universe. It's basically the same thing.
1: Kind of. Um, and then, I'm trying to think if I played anything else. I played a little bit of... uh ooh, maybe... Oh, yeah. I played yesterday uh, some Rising Storm Vietnam with Trey. It was eh. But.
0: Mm. We, and I remember when we were, when we were playing, I, I added Remnant from the Ashes uh, from my library. That's a game that we need to... To play sometime. It's good. It looks like a good co-op game. I don't know what you guys think, but let us know on Twitter. Uh Super Clash Kale as me or or Super Clash Gaiman for Connor. Yeah, some of the games that I played, I played again Outriders with Connor. I've been playing some Hades. I finally got on the Hades train. We'll dive deeper into that um later in the episode. And then again, Minecraft with Connor and I started uh Disco Elysium again, uh the final cut was released and uh it was released on PC, PS5, and Xbox, I think. I, I wanna say. I'm not sure. And I-, I thought the Switch release was gonna be out the same at the same time, but it turns out that it won't be till summer. And I have I wanna say I have both versions because I think the final cut was a free update on the PC but I don't have a very comfortable computer chair, not as comfortable as Connor's. And I wanted to both utilize my my PS5 and my very very comfy couch and so I bought it for PS5. That's fair. Which we'll we'll dive into. There there's there's a few things uh like story and everything's the same, but there's a few little things that I find annoying that I would probably would prefer playing the PC version of. So, Connor, let's uh Let's go ahead and start with you. Um, I do remember you playing, you mentioning, I should say, playing It Takes Two with your wife. So tell me a little, a little bit about it. It sounds uh, like a game that me and my fiance would like.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a great co-op game. Probably, if I had to say, honestly, it's probably my favorite game I've played this year. Really? Um, yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, we're almost into...
1: Yeah, it's, it's April. I almost said it was March.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're almost you... halfway through 2021 yeah it's crazy <laughs> continue, I'm sorry,
1: that's all right. uh, have you played a way out? I have not okay. It's from the people who made a way out and there okay. actually are some nods to that game in this one, and actually, if you go back and replay a way out, there's actually a few little Easter egg call forwards to it takes oh two. so they 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 updated it. To no, two. no, it, it there were things in there that were hinting oh, at their next game. I think oh okay um <clears throat> so that was kind of cool, but basically. It takes 2 is a completely co-op game. Uh you can play it either local co-op or you can send a free guest pass and play with somebody online who doesn't have the game. So I could play it on my system and invite you with a guest pass and you could play with me. That's cool. Yeah. Um there's a free update for the PS5 version. They only created a physical PS4 version, so we bought that, got the free PS5 upgrade and nice. started playing it. Um it is it's an amalgamation of every possible genre of game, almost. Um, so it's it's an action platformer. It's also a, a puzzle game. It's also a flight sim game. It's also a fighting game sometimes. It's also a racing game sometimes. It's also a rhythm game sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of everything. And the whole story centers around um, this couple who they they're going through a divorce, and they have a young daughter and the daughter is very upset with the um the idea of her parents getting divorced and so she creates these two little dolls that are supposed to represent her parents and she kind of makes believe them making up about the whole thing and not oh, actually Oh, this getting is divorced. a
0: cool concept.
1: And she has this like love book that she found, I think she found it at school. And uh she like you know talks to this book too like no if, you know, my parents need to read this, blah, blah, blah. And so she takes these dolls out and starts playing with them in the garage. And she starts crying, and she cries on these dolls. And then the parents then wake up in the bodies of these two dolls. Hmm. So they're very small. Um, And the actual parents, like the mom, appears to be sleeping on the couch. And the dad appears to be sitting at his desk in the office facing the window, um, but asleep. And so they're both, like, out of it. And so the, the the daughter interacts with the parents, and they're kind of unresponsive, so she takes it to think that, you know, they're mad at me, you know, they're not wanting to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And the parents that are in the doll form, they can't communicate with their daughter. And so they have to find ways to... um To they come up with these plans of how they're going to get their daughter's attention. And so they, it gets them on these different hijinks that they have to go through. Um, you have to fight through like a squirrel kingdom at one point, (laughs) at one point, you get trapped, um, inside a snow globe. Another time you're, um, in the attic. And I think the, uh, uh, like a, a DJ station. You're like inside this like music thing. Uh Um, and meanwhile, you're being taunted by this book. That has a now a Spanish accent, and he talks to you. He's like a character now. It's that love book that the uh, the kid had, mm-hmm. and he's like talking to them, like you need to find your passion. You need to you need to rekindle this. So every mission you do is meant to uh, try to bring you closer together. And it it was interesting playing as a couple because you really have to rely on teamwork, like. All right, I'm going to pull these switches and that's going to let you hop across this area. And then when you get to the other side, you got to flip this other switch that lets me across. Or there's a level where you're sliding along this rail and there's there's four different rails and each rail has like a door in front of it with a different animal and you have to like call out to your partner like uh cow, uh pig, uh this and that opens that door and you can hop on that rail and go through the door. That's Otherwise, really you cool. Oh, so it's it's a ton of fun. It's a little bit challenging at times. There's a few times where we had to like take a break and like step back. Um but it it's never dull and it's never the same and it's never repetitive. It's constantly different. Tons of different, you know, gameplay styles. I mentioned in the beginning it's it's all these different genres. And that's true. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I'll tell you one scene was really fucked up in this game. You <laughs> You, so in their little world, all the like dolls and toys and animals, that they interact with you and they talk to you. Yeah. Kind of like in Toy Story, right? Uh-huh. And so the daughter has this favorite toy that's an elephant. And the parents come up with this idea to get their daughter's attention. We're going to destroy this elephant. <gasps> and this elephant's alive. And she's like...
0: Oh, no. And so
1: they come up to her and she's like, the elephant's like let's be friends let's let's do this and they have to like start like you have to like tear the limbs off this poor little oh elephant God. stuffed animal <laughs> and oh lady and I are like we're both like uh i don't feel okay with this like uh, this just feels wrong and we're like yeah this poor, as it's screaming to you no please i just want to be
0: friends oh no
1: it is so fucked up but it's hilarious <laughs> If you have a dark sense of humor, <laughs> it, it's definitely more of a game I think targeted, despite the cutesy nature and the fact that you're like dolls and stuff. I feel like it's definitely targeted at like adult couples, probably. Um, so I would definitely recommend it. Like, if you can get a chance to play it, do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, cool. So let's uh, awesome. Let's let's move on to something. Um, I'll I'll touch briefly on uh, Hades real fast. So everyone knows what, what Hades is, so I I won't really go, go into much detail, but I also kind of want to go into my history with roguelikes. I've mentioned in previous episodes that uh, I am on the fence with roguelikes. I've never really played Binding of Isaac, but i played Immortal Redneck. I want to say I played Tower of Guns. A, a long time ago, I played Tower of Guns, which I believe, is somewhat like a roguelike, or you know, all the rooms are random, and so on and so forth. And I've heard lots of things about Hades. I kept thinking about it, and just kept passing over it. It wasn't until the physical version came out that I actually went out and picked it up. And right now my reaction is, I'm having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying it. I do like, the one thing I do like about roguelikes is the uh, pick-up-put-down nature of it. You can Literally hop in. So if you have like fifteen minutes to spare before you have to leave, you can hop in. You can hop into Hades, play a couple rooms, turn it off, and leave. And that's that's what what I do like. However, I'm slowly starting to get into it. I'm starting to see some of the smaller mechanics in the game that I'm enjoying, and that Immortal Redneck, another game that I put a lot of hours into, didn't have. One of the things was there is a lot more dialogue in it. The music is really good, and I do like uh how your hub world basically kind of gives you feedback on what happened to you there There is a character when when you die and re-enter your hub world. It's like, "Oh, it looks like you died by this thing and makes fun of you and all and all that stuff and so it reacts to what happens in your sessions. Hmm um and it's really interesting um there are, there aren't as many weapons there's only like i want to say like six and they require keys um in order to unlock but each one feels different and it feels good moving on to the rooms so you there there are all your common, common enemies there are also um environmental hazards in it to where like there would be like spikes or you press down this pressure plate and lasers will come out it will come out of this um gargoyle statue as you complete the rooms, just like other roguelikes, you'll have different entrances you can choose to go to different rooms. What's really cool and Mo Redneck didn't have this is that you see your reward uh, before you enter that room and to be like a, in like a little crystal ball with so it's like health money, experience to upgrade, and so you can choose what you, what room you want to go to because you know your reward hmm. and so there is payoff and there's in their strategy in a way to it. So if you're gunning to get this certain weapon that requires five keys, just look for rooms that have the key symbol on it, on it move on. I don't know. I, I usually don't try to get too invested in these stories because I'm mostly there just for the fast-paced paced action.
1: Um, so have you played the other two games by Supergiant? I have not. Okay. Because I was going to ask you how it compares to like, Transistor because I've played Transistor.
0: I've never yeah. played Transistor, although I'm interested in Transistor.
1: It's a lot of fun. I think it kind of bounces off what you were saying, where um, you didn't really care much about the story; you just kind of mm-hmm. wanted the gameplay. I felt that way about Transistor. I couldn't really. The story was convoluted. It, it's something about like her, her husband or her boyfriend or whatever, his soul gets trapped in the sword. So she carries around the sword and fights off enemies with it. I didn't really care. I mean, that's that's not to say I don't like the game because I really enjoyed the game, but yeah, I just wanted the combat. Okay,
0: <laughs> uh, so for for those for those you already know the the game does take place in Greek mythology, so you have father of Hades blah, blah blah, but as you enter the um rooms every once in a while, you'll get blessings from the gods, so you'll either um aphrodite zeus um Ares and they'll give you power ups um and I'd like to give you three different options for of power ups. So one that has to do with your your main your main attack or your dash attack or, or whatever. And as you progress you'll get more of these. Just like more redneck. But it seems like with Hades in in Hades they all seem to benefit you. I wanna say, um, like you'll get the same I actually don't know. I don't know if you get the same god uh through different runs or you'll get different ones. But if but if you do get the same god during your whole run, you can essentially choose be, um, between a new upgrade or a level higher of an upgrade you already have. And so a good example would be um, uh, a-, a blessing from Ares where I got a bonus in backstabs so where if I hit someone in the back and then I got a one level above that to where I think I did maybe 50% damage with level above that was like 200. And there's different rarities for for these power ups and everything. Uh I won't I won't bore you too much of the details. But overall, if you got like thirty bucks to, to spare, I'd say this game is worth thirty dollars. Um, and I know you already have it. So. Yeah, I
1: picked it up. It's just your the backlog is copy. is
0: so massive. I don't think I if if we had another pandemic, with or COVID coronavirus comes back in full full full, then you had to like not step outside for. Year and a half. I think you have enough games to last you a year and a half. Oh, definitely, easily. <laughs> so maybe I do too. It just I have a really bad habit of
1: starting games and not finishing them. I mean, if you if you think about it, since I've shared my uh, Steam library with you, you have all those. Oh games to play. shit! Yeah, it's over a thousand right there. Yeah.
0: Okay. You know, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to do for a long time. I wanted to like I wanted to get through my library really badly. I wanted to try to complete at least one game a month, but that's a lot of time. Yeah. And I don't have that time. I work during the day. I have a fiancé that I have to see every other... Well, I want to see. I guess you don't have to do anything, but I want to see on the weekends. But if... Oh, man. If I was a teenager again, I had all the games I have now, I would totally do
1: that. Oh, yeah. I, I used to bust through... Several games a week when I was a teenager, I don't even know how I did it i I must have just got home from school and like just
0: played the entire day. yeah, <laughs> and that and that's what's kind of nice with me working days now is during the week, I can get home call my fiance for a little bit and then sit down and play a game, and so it feels really, really good, but anyway, overall, I'm enjoying hades um i'll I'll probably give you an update later on as I go on as to and level and level up. I'm sorry for not. Giving too much details right now because I'm basically rolling without any notes. Mm. I've been rolling without any notes for a while. I'm just trying to organize my thoughts correctly and uh, trying to talk like a normal person because I've been working nights for five years, and so my brain is still in uh night mode to where I can barely remember anything, and I get brain dead pretty easily. But moving on uh to a game that Connor and I played Outriders. So Connor, do you want to give a little bit of details on Outriders as I open up my Red Bull?
1: Yeah, man. You can you know do it when I'm talking, you know you open it. There you go. Um So it didn't pick up very well so I think we're good. <laughs> so Outriders is a um basically a, a co op shooter with for up to three players. It's on the newest consoles uh, as well as PC believe. Some PC problem. Um and it is basically a sci fi shooter with uh different classes that you can choose. Um we haven't dug too deep into I it. I wanna say we played maybe two, three hours of it. But the problem with that was the first like at least an hour of that wasn't was even prologue. like the actual game. Like it wasn't how the game was gonna play. It was
0: all prologue. Yeah. So and so it's
1: it, and you i don't think you mentioned it, it's a
0: it's a looter shooter
1: too yeah yeah like borderlands and diablo whatever yeah and so you are essentially this um this group of people that were sent to another planet i'm assuming to colonize um i don't remember if they gave a purpose um but it seemed like the world that they were on before was like dying the air was polluted it was Earth. It was yeah. um because I think it was uh like eighty
0: seven years in the future, and they t- and, and in the beginning they talk about Earth and how this it was something big happened to Earth and how that, uh, millions of people died or something.
1: Yeah, and I don't think our character was meant to have survived. I think uh the initial group that was supposed to go. Their ship, like, exploded on, you know, leaving the planet or something like that. And so we we got sent anyway. Um, And they're a group called, I think, just the Outriders, right? They call them Outriders, yeah. And so we initially land on this planet. Um, There is some weird alien activity going on it that... our character is like we have to leave. We can't land here. We have to leave. Mm-hmm. And there's this like idiot leader in charge who's like, no, 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 we're we're landing on this planet. We're very very B movie, yeah, character. And so he's like, you know, making the order, and he's like attacks our character and the people he's aligned with, and we fight him off, but it's too late. They're already landing, and our character basically gets hit with this like alien energy it's like, it seems like like a alien storm almost yeah lightning and purple clouds and and we get put into a cryo sleep and then we wake up and it's it's many years later i don't remember how many 2030 i want to say 30 37 30. okay um could be wrong though. he, he wakes up and this, there's like this freaking mad max level world going on where like you know all those people that are on this planet are just kind of like Trying to survive, but they're crazy and trying to kill each other. And mm-hmm. and you find out that you have, like, superpowers. And that's when you can choose a class. And so I chose the Titan class. So I can take a lot of damage and I can, like, get up close and I can recover well. And then, Kale, you did the, like,
0: the Pyromancer or
1: whatever. Yes, yeah, so you have fire attacks, essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's several other classes, too, that we didn't really dig into. So I can't really give too much feedback on that. Um, the combat is all right but there's one it's, huge flaw. Uh
0: just just to add it, and I thought about this. It is the combat is very Gears of War. Yes. Like down down to like the mechanics. And I had to think about this for a while. Um X X or A on on the Xbox is your cover. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it and circle or B is your roll. Mhm. Um I thought that was Gears of War, but it turns out no, no that that's your that's your melee in, in Gears of War is B, mm-hmm. and and tapping A does your roll. It was really weird for me because I was coming off the heels of um, playing Last of Us uh, 2, because even though we talked about it, I kind of still wanted to finish the game and get, yeah. Yeah, wrap up and everything. And so I was coming off the heels of Last of Us, and I kept pressing Circle to to go into cover, and I rolled. I was like, damn it but very very gears of war cover shooter and you would look over shoot a couple times cover move up and everything so mechanically it's not bad but as connor mentioned what is what is some of the major flaws about this cover shooter
1: the reason the cover shooter functionality of this game to me and and i think to kale does not work properly no is because the enemies are constantly like they don't stop spamming you with grenades Yes. Over and over, and so you can't stay in the cover. And the moment you hop out of the cover, you're getting shot. And so it's like, what the? What am I supposed to do here? What am I? Is this supposed to be a cover shooter or is it a run and gun? I don't know what it's
0: trying to be exactly. And and here's the thing: grenades in a cover shooter serve a purpose. Yes. It is to keep you from staying behind, safely behind the cover, and it keeps you from camping. Yes. And there's also enemies aside from the grenades in other cover shooters. We'll go Gears of War. Just because even though I haven't played Gears of War in a long time, I still remember very very fondly. Um so you have enemies that throw grenades, uh also flank you but, but you also have enemies that that charge you that purposely press through the uh enemy enemy lines and try to flank you and get you out of cover. Yeah. Allah Allah in Gears of War, the tickers. Those little, those little things that would, that would crawl around, get behind you and explode. Yeah forces you out out of cover in order to keep you moving. And so they do have those enemy types in Outrider, but here's the thing. In Gears of War in a certain uh encounter, you would only have maybe three or four clickers at a time and they die very very easily. Like if you're prepared for them, you can take care you can take care of them rather quickly because they explode. In Outriders, however, they have these enemies that will charge you double with double blades, and they put at least seven to ten of them yeah. in a in, in the battlefield. And they're throwing grenades. Other and characters are throwing all, all grenades. All while throwing you. grenades. And these guys right now are bullet sponges. Yep. Our 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 weapons don't do a lot of damage. I feel like this game, um, the numbers aren't Quite there when it when it comes to the power of your weapons and what level your enemies and you are at, I feel like it's heavily disproportional,
1: yeah, and there were some times early on in this game where there was one or two pieces of cover, and if they're spamming grenades on those two pieces of covers, my only option is to go stand out in the middle and get shot like that's my only option I want make a quick note
0: here that you can't throw grenades yourself right. At least, at least we can, we couldn't in our session right now.
1: We've not been shown how to sh- throw grenades or anything. And yet. honestly,
0: I don't think there is grenades because cause you have abilities. You know, L one, R one, and both buttons at the same at the same time. So I want to say that you don't have you don't explicitly have a grenade. I want to say maybe one of the classes have a quote I quote air quotes grenade. Yeah, but I don't think that you there's anything you can equip and throw. Yeah, so. Yeah, they but going to the grenades, they'd need to turn to tone down the grenade throwing by a good forty percent
1: at least. If if they threw grenades about as quarter as often as they did, and then maybe halved the number of people that charge at you, then you would be more balanced. I think.
0: I I I would uh agree. Um, now here's the thing, you you can you can throw throw more in as you get higher level and you start getting more powerful weapons because yeah. that is. Very, it's very, very satisfying in a looter shooter in order to have a really super powerful weapon and you're super powerful and you're really just mowing them down with very few sh- few shots. Yeah, that is that's something that's in Borderlands in one of the DLCs to where I, I can't quite remember what part of the DLC DLC it was it was, but they come out in masses to the point to where you're afraid. I was playing this on PS4 at the time. It was I, th- I want to say it was it was um. Handsome Jacks, Handsome Jackpots,
1: okay,
0: um, DLC in Borderlands Three, and they would come out and drove to the point it would slow down your frame rate. So you're killing them so quickly, <laughs> and and they're coming out so so fast. You get shit ton of experience, a lot of loot to drop, builds up your entire stream, and yeah, PS4 was just chugging <laughs> hard. I want to see how it runs on PS5 and see if it's any better, yeah. but that is very satisfying because you're at a high enough level to where you can be able to handle that. Right now at our, what? Level 3. Yeah, we're level we three. we can't do we we can't do that.
1: Also, I got to say something about the the DLC for the day one edition. You can't use your day yes, one DLC until level 10. 10, which by that time you've most likely Probably picked up things that are better than that. We'll, we haven't got there yet, but I have we'll see.
0: We'll 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 see how they compare to to, to level ten. Because I want to I want to say that if they're given given this stuff to you and they are level ten, I want to say that they are fractionally above what you would normally find. Hopefully, hopefully.
1: But if we get to level ten and it's like, oh, this is just junk, then I feel kind of like ripped off i know you didn't pay anything extra for it but it's right, like right why would you even give it to us then
0: yeah um another problem that connor and i noticed and connor actually got a headache from this in the beginning the camera control was atrocious
1: yes it was like handy cam
0: it, it was almost as if they would shoot it live action and the director said okay billy it's your fifth birthday you get to control the camera
1: yes Okay, so imagine watching and, a movie... And then, then like, they made it CGI and you had the game cinematic. Yeah. Imagine uh, watching the movie Cloverfield. And you remember the camera shake that's in that movie? Yeah. Uh, take that up times two, at least times two, and then put this into a CG cutscene for some fuck-all reason. Because why does why do we need camera shake in a video game? Th- there's no camera.
0: It's, it's especially, especially when it doesn't add to the... um the tone of the game
1: no it was just moving around and it was moving around at a scene that was not very action no it was just like conversation it it was moving
0: around one the camera was was literally sitting at the base of a tree
1: yes just giving exposition but the camera's like move 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 and i'm like i'm sitting there like oh my god i'm gonna Freaking puke! Like this is like you. Obnoxious. You said
0: you said you. I I heard you were like, laney Can you give me some ibuprofen?
1: <laughs> I yeah. It was bad. I was getting like motion sickness from it. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. I, I, I don't get it either. But but I didn't really notice
0: it until you pointed it out, and now it just irritates the living shit out of me.
1: Whose decision?
0: I want to smack him. Whoever's decision that was. Come here. Come here. I'll smack you. <laughs> it's just like camera shake does have a purpose when telling a story, but usually. Uh, in a story, you want to keep the camera focused so you can give the story yeah I understand camera camera shake in an action act- in like an action scene because it's
1: supposed to be chaotic it's supposed to if there were explosions or if there was you know a character was like running really frantically, maybe mm-hmm. sure, but not when I'm talking to somebody just giving me exposition
0: and the and the dialogue's kind of shit too,
1: yeah, it's very like uh super troopers kind of
0: and It'd and be. but here's the thing though you can make an argument with super troopers that it was purposely bad true true uh, because if you really think about it and i heard this theory is that super troopers was basically a commentary on united states military propaganda i could see that because think about it all the all the all the soldiers there are beautiful they're always happy and smiley and then you go to the actual battle it's horrible yeah <laughs> and, and so and especially in in the scene to where it says do your part and, sm- and and crush the bugs you know and the kids and the kids are are smashing the bugs and the and the woman is one of the mothers is like laughing clapping maniacally and everything it it's it's, it's satire on propaganda i i i want to say it's satire on propaganda
1: this game seems like it's taking itself seriously though and very contrast. seriously
0: <laughs> very very seriously there is a moment in the game where your character does the
1: most limp dick uh shout. Oh, ever. yes. I forgot about that. When he's getting, <laughs> like, hit with the uh, alien, like, radiation or whatever. Yeah, and t- here's the thing. I think it was so bad that you blocked it out from memory. <laughs> I think so, because I started laughing when it happened, and you were, like, a few seconds behind me or something like that, and I was like, I was you'll dying. see it, and you'll know. I, was I told him, I said, you'll know.
0: <laughs> and, sure enough, I knew.
1: Because <laughs> he's just like, ah. <laughs>
0: like, I'm like, Oh no! Ah, uh, this game's gonna hurt,
1: isn't it? <laughs> but but at, at least, at least the dialogue. Um, we've hurt. talked a lot of smack on it, but I'm hoping. I've seen very, very positive reviews about it, so I'm hoping that as we progress further in the game, some of the issues that we have will mm-hmm. kind of like balance back out. Maybe it's just some early game issue.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the same thing with Borderlands. Like Borderlands starts very slow and almost boring. Yeah. It's around mid to end game is when it gets really good. Is that's when your powers start meaning something. Which I want to get. Which I want to shift gears to. Um, to that before we wrap it up. At this moment, I feel like my abilities of my character isn't doing very much in the ways, or it's not doing very much damage to them. Yeah. Um, I I almost feel like they're useless, and my guns doing a lot more damage. And there's some abilities that that I haven't quite nailed down. Like, sometimes these abilities want me to hold down the buttons, and others don't. It's just, it's very strange. Yeah, I would agree. And it doesn't properly explain to you how it works or or what it does. At least not in my memory. Maybe it does, and I just missed it.
1: it. I only know... Because I saw it very briefly, like how to do the different moves, but I just kind of tinkered with buttons at a certain point, and I was like, "Oh, that's how I do this move. That's how I do the other one." (laughs) Yeah, but overall, that's outriders, and
0: that's something that maybe, maybe after this weekend, Connor, we should get back into and and really try to push through this and now, and we can um, and then we can come back to this, and we can kind of get our final wrap up thoughts about it. Yeah, but overall. It's, it's passable. It's I mean, it wasn't full price. It wasn't seventy dollars. I think it was sixty dollars. Yeah. No, yeah. So that that's in this day and age, that's a plus. Trying to remember if I paid fifty or sixty. I paid. I paid for sixty dollars for it at Target. Sixty-five after tax. Hmm. that that was the day one edition.
1: Okay. Well, maybe so, I did too then.
0: All right. Uh, moving on. Um, before we talk about a Minecraft episode or episode, uh, set session. And uh Connor's holding a stuffed toggy. Oh, that's your real dog. It's a cat. Oh, it's your kitty. There's a cat outside. Because you you 'cause you were holding it and just staring at me when I and I was hearing <laughs> this jingle. I was like Like a collar. Yeah. And I was like, How's that thing jingling but it's feeling from behind me? This is really creepy. <laughs> what if the head like moved on it while I was, like, I was holding ah! it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Burn that thing. Bam. But What's, what's his name? Oh, uh, that's Ein. It's from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very
0: cool. I I'm not familiar with my animes, so uh but anyway, before we talk about Minecraft, I wanted to br- touch briefly on Disco Elysium. Um did, did I did I already talk about it? No, no I didn't. I, I didn't. Okay. So, as I mentioned before, um the final cut did come out. I want to say March 30th. So, well, what's different in the final cut than from the initial release was that all the game's uh dialogue has been updated to be all voice acted. In the original um release, only certain things would have been voice acted. The rest of it would would be um would be read, which is fine cuz how they did the dialogue was was cool in two ways. One um it would be it would give you descriptive text of like the person's like facial features or their actions in the dialogue, almost as if a DM from from a tabletop game was telling was telling you that cool. it is really cool. And um and two um none of it would really again none of it would be voice acted. What is Disco Elysium even about? So Disco Elysium you you play you play as a cop. Uh, and I want to. Say, I'm still trying to figure out the story trying to solve a murder basically okay. and and you tr- and you basically choose how you want to do it based on your four stats your intelligence psyche i got i got to look them up um but anyway so in the, anyway like i said in the initial release there was no voice acting but it, only certain people would would have voice acting so but all that w- all that changed in the final cut to where every single thing is voice acted. And but the the initial descriptions of their actions and everything aren't voice acted, just just the dialogue itself. Um and another cool thing was that it it had console release releases. It did. And I it's it's released on PS5 or PS4, PS5, whatever. Um uh, uh Xbox I think. And I think the Switch is being released this summer. Yeah, and I was slightly disappointed about that because I really wanted to play this on the Switch. Because I I really think this would be a perfect Switch port because it because of how much content there is in this game. And so, um. Anyway, the cool thing about Disco Elysium is that you can literally choose how you want to how you want to play this game. It, for for those who love tabletop games, this game is right up your alley um down down to dice checks there are dice checks in it where it's we you roll these they'll give you a uh, percentage why is, oh gosh my my apple watch is going crazy right now uh-oh and it's very distracting and so it'll give you like a check and a percentage of what of it passing or not um and and you can roll a dice and a pass or, or success and It could either help you or not help you, like like in a tabletop game. Okay. Um. And so uh, let me look look up. So here we go. Starting stats. Here we go. So intellect, psyche, physique, physiques, and uh motorics. I don't know how you how you say that, but intellect is is self explanatory. Uh, psyche is basically your ability to connect with people. Depending on on whatever, a physique is self self explanatory, and motor motorics or whatever is basically your agility. Yeah. And each one of these is connected to twenty four different um skills you can tack, and each one will have a significant outcome um during in the course of the story. Um, lower levels will w- will have an effect; high levels could have too much of an effect. And I remember reading some some to you when we were chatting, and some of them were actually written really funny.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And so, and the writing in this game is hilarious and so well done. I explaining what this what this game is is not doing it justice. If you want a better explanation of what this game is, um, I would recommend anyone listening to this to look up the podcast. I plug another po- plug another podcast. I don't know these guys. But they are very, very good. Check out "Watch Out for Fireballs," um, and Gary Butterfield and Cole Ross. They do a two-episode breakdown of the entirety of this game, down the story, the characters, and everything. But if you're just interested in the in uh, kind of the game generally, just listen to like the first thirty minutes of the first episode, and it give you a much better description of what this game is like than I would ever give you because this game is so massive and so detailed, I don't even know where to start. Okay. And so...
1: I'm I'm thinking about... I, I've heard so many good things about this game, and mm-hmm. it's it universal praise pretty much, so I'm probably going to get it, but I'm going to Definitely wait, worth it. I'm going to wait, I think, until the physical release on either PS5 or Switch.
0: I, I, I want to see how it runs on Switch. Like, I want to support these guys. I might buy it again mm-hmm. on Switch... Just, just so I can get a a good comparison kind of like how I want to I have um Divinity Original Sin on Switch but I want to try it on PC and see if yep. it runs a little bit better but it's, it's it runs great on on Switch for the record um it just load times are really really long yeah some games are are better handheld some aren't um one problem I do have with Disco Elysium on the uh console is it took me forever to figure out how to highlight certain things to um, investigate or, or look at them. Um, so you Essentially, you use your left stick to move your character around, but you have to use your right stick to move around and highlight so you can press X to investigate that certain item or talk to that person. And it is very, very finicky. Um, there, there were times where I would try to highlight something, and I would let go... And then it would immediately hop over to the the next discoverable item. And I would go there instead of what I wanted. So essentially, at at least until I get used to it, I would probably recommend playing this game on PC. That way you have better control with your mouse. So overall though, no matter what console you play it on, I am loving this game so far. I'm only two hours in loving it, I'm loving the tabletop aesthetic I, I love the skill checks and how different skills that you have depending on your stats can essentially affect your knowledge of the situation and so if you play someone with high with high intelligence and inland and the inland empire skill, which is basically your knowledge of the city you you would get details that someone with high physique and um um low empathy would not get yeah and so very very cool and love it i and i'll talk more about it as the game goes on and so um connor was there one more game that we that you want to talk about before we talk about a minecraft session
1: uh not necessarily a game i think it would be interesting to maybe talk about the uh store closures for psn
0: yes that that was what i was thinking go ahead
1: um so in case you don't know the stores for the PS3, PS Vita and PSP um on PSN will be closing this year. I want to say the PS3 and PSP are going out in July and I want to say um Vita is in August, but definitely double check those if you're interested. Yep. Um so what is going to happen is Games will no longer be purchasable. What I've heard is you will still be able to re-download games that you have already purchased, but the net result of this is there will be approximately two thousand games across the three platforms that will be no longer purchasable, and about a hundred and thirty eight games um that you will not be able to find in on any other platform. Mm. Mm-hmm. So
0: very depressing
1: it it definitely makes me like very uh wary of a digital only future uh which some people are you know i've had tons and tons of people online scoff at the idea of buying a physical game in this current year and it's like well my physical game will still be there whereas you know what if what if at a certain point with PSN they say no you can't redownload this anymore which i'm mm-hmm. fearing will happen after about a year or two when, you know, the hype behind this has died down a little bit, they'll be like, eh, you can't you can't re download those anymore. The servers mm-hmm. for them are gone. You know? Yeah. And uh so what I'm trying to do, I went through and I tried to prioritize games I wanted to pick up. So I narrowed it down to about six Vita games, two PSP games, and uh, about eight PS three games that I didn't already own that were digital only, um, that I want to pick up before the stores close, as well as there's probably around 20 or 30 PS1 or PS2 games that were ported to PS3 and, and Vita mm-hmm. that are very expensive if I wanted to go buy a PS1 or PS2 copy of them now, and they never got pushed forward to PS4. Mm. So these retro classics that are, Hard to find now in physical form. This is probably the best way to get them because they're only about five bucks on that right. store. So I'm gonna try to go through. It's probably gonna cost me with all these games, probably a couple hundred bucks. I'll have to go through, grab all these games, and I'm gonna probably download a few backups if I can um, on on extra hard drives just so in case they decide to pull down the stores. And that'll be that'll be it. Unfortunately. Yeah,
0: and just a lot of great games going to be lost forever.
1: Yeah, and what makes it really hard is because the PS Vita uses those proprietary memory cards, and they're very expensive, a 64-gigabyte one, about today, they're probably going around $200. Holy shit! Yeah, they're the memory cards for them are expensive, and they're not very big, and so to back up all of these games, it's going to be freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why what I've done is I I normally don't mod my systems because if there's a legal way to purchase these games and to play these games, I always want to support the creators. Uh, this isn't me taking a, a moral high ground above anybody else. It's just if I can buy the games, I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. And what I I did was I ordered a yes vita from solaris japan mm-hmm. i uh, i think it's about 150 bucks plus shipping cool and david ordered another one as well he ordered a blue one i ordered a red one and um once i get once we get the we're going to mod these ones to accept micro sd cards and we're going to put a bunch of games on them basically very so nice that we have we have our legal means of having the games and then I also have this as a backup in case PSN wants to be shitty and not let you re-download your games in the future.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we 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 discussed this while we were eating, but PlayStation is starting to make some very questionable decisions uh recently with their double standard censorship when whereas Japanese games can really even show cleavage while Last of Us 2 gets full frontal nu- nudity sex. Yeah. Um. And recently, you you and I were talking about this, a rumor to where PlayStation 1 canceled Days Gone 2 in favor to remake The Last of Us 1. Yeah. And I have no idea what this remake is going to be. You say it's a rumor to, to coincide with a TV show. I heard that somewhere. I don't know if that's true either. And I hope to God it's not, because um, I don't think the voice acting would be any different because Troy Baker is the voice of Joel, Ashley Johnson is the voice of Ellie, but I really hope in some weird weird way, I really hope that they don't replace those um, faces to make what the actors in the live action TV shows can look like. I yeah. hope Joel doesn't end up looking like Pedro Pascal, and whoever pl- is playing Ellie, they don't switch to make her look like that yeah. in the game, um, because Ashley Johnson also did is was also the model of Ellie, and so. Even though people think
1: it was Ellen Page, it was not.
0: It's not, and Ellen Page, I guess Elliot Page. Elliot now. Page now, yes. yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about about, but. Um. It's really kind of funny because they later used him to, uh, in uh, Beyond Two Souls. Yes. It was very, very strange. Was that kind of a, oh, I'm sorry? Even though, even though he had no leg to stand on, like, it just so happened that Ashley Johnson, when converted to CG, looked like Elliot.
1: Well, and made look younger because, yes, Elliot is like a younger version of what, um, Ashley Johnson looks like. You yeah. Know? And it's like that, yeah. Cause, cause uh, Elliot Page has a very baby face. Like that's yeah, that's part of who they are. Um, but anyway, uh, I just think Sony's making weird choices. I mentioned it to you upstairs, and I told you I was probably gonna bring it up here. Is that go ahead? The the Vita. This is a bad time to just completely abandon the Vita because you could come up with some successor to that that has cross play with like the the PS Five. And where you can play your PS5 games downscaled on the go. And just like, you know, because the Switch is selling like hotcakes. It it's is. It's popular in the U.S. It's popular overseas. It's
0: right now the most popular
1: console of all time. Yes. And so why wouldn't Sony be like, I'm going to have a piece of that? You know, like we can do it. And we could, in theory, if they had been smart about it, they could have created a a handheld um, right around the time of the uh, the PS five relaunch. Okay. I was PS five say Wii U, launch. but I see what you're going Well the with Vita this. came out around the Wii U launch. Similar. Um they they could have came out with a handheld right around the time of the PS five launch, price it fairly competitively, and then people would probably have just, you know, tried to get one of these because I guarantee Sony could have pushed better specs at this point than the Switch could have, mm-hmm. you know? And then kind of before there can be a Switch Pro, just kind of come in there and take some of their their lunch, you know? Just like yeah. take some of that market that wants a higher-end handheld mm-hmm. from them for a while and then push out your PS exclusives in the handheld format.
0: Yeah, and the, the Switch showed that there is a right way to do this. I, I, I said it before. I want to say... I didn't say it on air. I said it to you when we were playing Outriders. I don't think the world was ready for the Vita. No. Um. It sh- it's it's because the Vita was a super powerful, powerful system. It's just not a lot. I don't think. I don't think the world was was ready in the sense of one. I don't. I don't think people knew how to take it, and two. I don't think the technology was all there to have a lot of support for, for the Vita, but now there is with with the advancements in mobile gaming, like very powerful game being being able to be played on our phone. Yeah. Um and the success of the Switch, an entire Legend of Zelda game being put on a tiny little little cartridge that's just I don't know how, how big it is. Um you can you can lose it between between couches definitely between couch cushions definitely.
1: Yeah. It's about an inch probably. Yeah.
0: Um it shows that it's possible now and there's support for it, the Because there are third-party companies that, at in the past, would never do have anything to do with Nintendo, wanting to do stuff for Nintendo.
1: Yeah, I think a thing they could have done that was that would have been fairly smart if they could have pulled it off. I think maybe the technology came out a little too early and it was a little too expensive because I think they released it at three hundred dollars, which is the price. I do uh, remember
0: that, which is. Price of a a fat switch. switch,
1: yeah, original switch, which a switch you could dock, but I mean granted years later, the technology wasn't there at the time, however, um, I think they should not have done proprietary memory cards mm-hmm. that was stupid micro s d was so commonplace at that time um so y- you already you already want three hundred bucks from somebody, and then I think the actual m s r p on those memory cards was like a hundred and something for a sixty four gig, so you want an additional hundred plus bucks. For these games. And then the at the time, um, if people wanted to do remote play, I don't think most people, their wireless network was there. I think now a lot more people have high speed internet. I think back then there, there weren't as many people with high speed internet. And so it was very laggy and it didn't work as well. So I think the problem was the pricing and the timing and some of the technical decisions they made right. with it that really kneecapped it but I think they could succeed now.
0: Um if if they can really push to get past the hurdle of P- of PSP's past and the Vita's past because um I don't want to say that the Vita and the PSP tainted the idea of Sony making a handheld console but because they weren't massively successful I want to say that they they would have a a quite a hill to climb.
1: Yeah, they, uh, what
0: I think they would have to do. But, I uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Nintendo has done it before with the failure of the Wii U to the success of the Switch. So it is possible.
1: Yeah. I think what they would have to do right off the bat that would, I think, would earn them a lot of, uh, a, a lot of sales is have it to be where your library on your PS4 and your PS5 is the same library that is on your, um, like, digital games, of course. I don't know how they would be able to do that with a uh, disc. But, like, digital games you purchase on the PS4, PS5, if they're able to be played on the Vita, you get a free cross-buy version of that game. You can just play it from your library and have it be able to play, like, PS4 games at maybe, like, slightly lower settings than, like, PS4 could. Kind of like how handheld mode on a switch versus docked. Yeah, they might even be able to pull off base model PS4 graphics on a handheld now. I think so. Yeah. So let us play those, and then like you could look at your other games in the library, but if it was like a PS5 or really like high end PS4 game, you might have that blocked off or something. Like it's Mm -hmm. grayed out so you can't click it. But you can see your whole library. You have access to all your games you've already purchased and have a cartridge slot that works with the with the old Vita games and the new Vita games and make it have um, micro SD compatible, boom, that I would buy one Me right too. away. Be able to play my PS games on the go. Well, sitting yeah. on the toilet. Yeah. On the turlet, on the turlet. I wonder if here's, here's kind of a weird I put my switch on the toilet. Here, here's a weird thought. What if you could put, you know, put a disc, your, your PS4 disc into your, uh, PS4, put it in rest mode your um your new handheld reaches out checks to see if the disc is in your thing kind of like validating your purchase of that game Mm -hmm. and then allows you to play the digital version on your handheld that'd be really cool so that even your physical library has some use with the handheld that's just a pie in the sky kind of idea but i mean All these are valid ideas that people
0: could try. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And it'd be even cooler, as of that, if you can pick up right where you left off.
1: Yes. Immediate cloud saves. I don't want to have to transfer a save file. Just put it up in the cloud, and then the handheld will reach out. If it's hooked up online from the cloud, grab that save, and immediately have that for you. Exactly. That'd be really cool. So I'm telling you.
0: Sony CEO if you're somehow scour, scouring the far reaches of the podcast world for gaming podcasts <laughs> and you somehow come across this one uh like, and listen to episode 15 I I didn't say what episode this was but let's say episode 15 and you hear this get on it yeah get on it I think I think the world is ready for a uh, PlayStation handheld, I think you guys have the capability of doing it right. Yes. And also, also if you're listening to this, convince them to up to lift up the censorship. Yeah. And don't, and be willing to take risks too. Don't don't milk Last of Us dry.
1: Yes. Make more unique stories. We don't need more remakes of games that aren't even that old.
0: And as I was telling you, I was hoping that if Deathloop succeeds, and Returnal succeeds. It'll show that those world still wants original titles from PlayStation, because PlayStation is that console that's all about original IPs. Xbox is getting there, but for for the sake of this argument, PlayStation is the one that has good exclusives. And so let's uh, let's wrap things up with uh, Connor and I earlier this week. We decided to Connor had a hard working work day, and so we decided to relax a little bit by playing some Minecraft, but not just any Minecraft, Jurassic World Minecraft. I paid $7 for this for the for the world, uh Jurassic World. And I got to say it is pretty fun.
1: <laughs> it's it's a ton of fun because you um you can basically you, you 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 start the game in a fully to scale version of Jurassic World from the movie. And you can wander around the park, you can interact with vendors, you can go on rides, you can drive vehicles. There's the dinosaurs in their exhibits. I think what's really, really fun about it that we didn't have enough time to do because I didn't have my old save file where I'd kind of messed with this. Um, If you go out across, you can go to the other island. Really? Yes. You can go to the other islands and you can, um, there's a dig site on one of them. I don't remember what's on the other but you can basically, um, if you enable, like, creative mode, you can create your own dinosaur island with just all different kinds of dinosaurs roaming around. That is so cool. And I did that. I spent, like, probably two hours um, on this island, and I spawned, like, I think I think I did 10 or 15 of each herbivore and then, like, two or three of each predator on, on the island. I just kept dropping them in, like, random spots around the island just to kind of like see how you know some of them would fight with each other and some of them would like kill each other off but like and then i told david i was like all right go to this island turn off creative modes you're not like god mode killing everything yeah and then like try to survive on the island and he was totally not down (laughs) but it was i want to do that i want to do that if i can bring up my save file for my laptop i'd be down for that I'll let you go on my dinosaur island and and deal with all the animals. Yeah, and this is this was
0: really fun because you had it set to where there were some dinosaurs that are already out of their cages.
1: And I might have spawned
0: those out at some point
1: beforehand on a previous save.
0: Oh, gotcha. And so, uh, so Connor would be running around, and mind you, there were dinosaurs coming after us all while your basic Minecraft mobs were coming after us. <laughs> And so so we be running from building to building, we end up finding tranquilizer darts. I found a machete. Um you gave me a stun gun. So then it turns out that you can go to these buildings and these vendors will give you like food, uh weapons and everything. And so we found the the uh the ACU or whatever it's called, the animal con- control unit.
1: Asset control unit. Asset
0: control unit, thank you. And uh we were decked out in full armor with crossbows. With like trank darts. Trank darts, <laughs> yep. And Connor was just tr- tranking darts left and right. I ended up killing an Indominus Rex with a machete. <laughs> and a T-Rex, too, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And, and it was a lot of fun. We were, it got to the point where, like, there were, like, these two, like, carnivores coming after us. We were basically just stuck inside the visitor center. Oh,
1: and the bees.
0: Oh, God, I, the bees. I, I shot
1: trank darts at some bees, and they started chasing me angrily, and <laughs> yeah. I had to go hide in a building. It was horrible. Yeah.
0: Not the bees! Not the bees! Ugh. they're in my eyes
1: that was awful
0: <laughs> it was awful
1: Ugh.
0: but um there there's some things that were kind of weird like carnivore food herbivore food i couldn't quite figure out how to feed them and train them supposedly there's a way you can ride the dinosaurs i want to ride a t-rex i haven't figured that out yet but, and so, so. but um we only played for maybe about two hours but it was a lot of
1: fun. We need to play more. We definitely. do need to play more. I'm down whenever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, again, I'm away for the weekend. So, but come Monday, we should probably pl- maybe maybe either play that or uh more Outriders. I I definitely need to play
1: some more Outriders. I need to play some more Disco Elysium. We need to play more Borderlands and more uh what was the other one? We Godfall. Playing? Godfall. Yes. We need to, We so, have so many games we started haven't I know. <laughs> man.
0: But that will just about do it for us. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be on the day shift. So good to have my thoughts. And so good to have you here. Oh, it's so it's so good to be here, Connor. Mm. Mm. What are you doing later?
1: You, ooh, blessed.
0: Hey guys, uh, we're about to get some action. So we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.